0: I saw that movie with my two daughters. I think Jeanette watched it with us many, many years ago. They were only yeah, tiny kids. The title of that song is Stick to Itivity," And uh, the film was actually made in 1948. It's a very old film now. Stick to Activity is what we call these days resilience. And I've wanted to talk on resilience for a little while now. And um, it'll take a couple of weeks, I think, to get, get to get through this. But of course, as as we're all aware, Queen Elizabeth II passed away this week after reigning for just over seventy years, and she was ninety six, which is a pretty decent age, and um, left an enormous legacy behind. And it's quite interesting because I've done, I've read a lot of the. I suppose you'd call them obituaries and opinion pieces and so on, written about her. And uh, one of her defining characteristics was actually this stick-to-itivity or resilience. And I found it very interesting to, to read what so many experts <coughs> have said about her because they use lots and lots of adjectives to describe her and some even acknowledge that she was a woman of deep faith but they don't actually make the connection Mm. between stick to activity or resilience and faith. Because I don't think that resilience is something that we can really develop through huffing and puffing or through positive thinking or through any kind of therapy, but only through a rich and deep relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Christ. If we can just go to the next slide. Um, just for your interest, her full title is this, or was, Elizabeth, Elizabeth II, by the grace of God, of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland and of the other realms and territories, Queen, Head of the Commonwealth, Defender of the Faith. That's her full title and some add, and Supreme Governor. Of the Church of England. I read a number of um, commentaries about her and if we just go to the next slide. In uh, 2015 the the BBC wrote about her and these three uh, words came up and uh, they were saying that these words are used most often or more often than any others in connection with Queen Elizabeth. Steadfast, constant and dutiful. The next uh, sentence is taken from the Encyclopaedia Britannica, which obviously has just been updated since her death a few days ago. This comment here relates to the funeral of her husband, Prince Philip after 73 years of marriage. Is that right? I think it is. I'm not good at counting, but I think it's they were married for 73 years. And of course, there was COVID restrictions and the queen being the queen didn't ask for any particular privileges. And you may have seen photographs. I actually watched the service. You may have seen that she was seated on her own and wearing black, of course, with a black mask. And she was on her own grieving her husband. The widely disseminated images of her tragic isolation were heartbreaking, but emblematic of the dignity and courage that she brought to her reign. But you see, people use these words, but they don't seem to ask why. Well, let's explore why. On the occasion of her 21st birthday, way back in 1947, this is what she said my whole life whether it be long or short shall be devoted to your service that's the people God help me to make good my vow interestingly King Charles III as he is now known in his speech in his first speech as king quoted that but left out the bit about God. As an aside, he did say this, and I I saw the, the video and then I actually got a copy of his speech. The role and the duties of the monarchy also remain. He's talking about change, but these don't change. As does the sovereign's particular relationship and responsibility towards the Church of England, the church in which my own faith is so deeply rooted. Uh, that's a very interesting comment from him because I've never heard him make a statement like that before. And uh, one hopes and prays that he will walk in his mother's footstep in relation to faith in God through Jesus. But I do think it was significant that when he quoted from his mother's 21st birthday speech, he didn't include those really important words. God helped me to make good my vow. The Queen had a number of role models and various experts of course have different opinions on this. Her, her grand, great-grandmother Queen Victoria was an inspiration to her. Queen Victoria was well known for making it plain to family and the royal court, that faith and service go together. George V, the Queen's grandfather, he was the person who instigated the annual Christmas broadcast. Now you might think that's quite trivial, but for the Queen it never was. The reason being, it was hers. Almost everything she did She did as sovereign. But the Christmas broadcast was hers. When she wasn't constrained by the requirements of the monarchy. And I'm going to refer to some of the things she said in those Christmas broadcasts shortly. The other thing, and I haven't read this, but this is my observation. Her own parents King George VI and uh, Queen Mary must have inspired her because of the courage that they showed during the Second World War. As you may be aware, they refused to leave London, even during the Blitzes. And there are many, many photos and and film images of them walking through the rubble because they wanted to be with their people. And there were attempts by the Germans to bomb Buckingham Palace. I don't think the palace itself got bombed, but bombs came very, very close, virtually to their front door. They cared for the people. In her first Christmas broadcast, which was in 1952, her father had died earlier that year from lung cancer. Among other things, this is what she said. Pray for me that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises I shall be making and that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. Now, when she referred to the solemn promises, that was a reference to her coronation, which didn't happen right away. In preparation for coronation from the 1st of May to Coronation Day, which was the 2nd of June in 1953, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Archbishop Geoffrey Fisher prepared the Queen with a book of personal devotions and prayers. At the coronation, we didn't see this because it wasn't filmed. Queen Elizabeth took communion was anointed with oil, and prayers were said, inviting the Holy Spirit to set her apart as God's servant. She was commissioned, in other words. That's probably the expression we would use today. She was commissioned to be God's servant. She was reluctant to have any of the coronation filmed, because for her it was an intensely spiritual and, I dare say, private experience. For the prayers and for the anointing, she chose to be seated under a canopy of white. The cameras were turned away because she didn't want these parts recorded. She wore a simple white dress, no jewellery, No crown. She recognised her humanity before God. We fast forward now to her Christmas message in the year 2000. Among other things, this is what she said. Uh, Well, she outlined the life and teaching of Jesus. It was virtually a sermon and she said, The life and teaching of Jesus provide a framework in which I try to live my life. In 2008, again in the Christmas message, she said this, I hope, like me, you will be comforted by the example of Jesus of Nazareth, who often in circumstances of great adversity managed to live an outgoing, unselfish and sacrificial life. He makes it clear that that genuine human happiness and satisfaction lie more in giving than receiving, more in serving than being served. Again, in 2016, she's proclaiming Jesus. Billions of people now follow Christ's teaching and find in him the guiding light for their lives. I am one of them because Christ's example helps me see the value of doing small things with great love whoever does them, and whatever they themselves believe. So she confessed regularly throughout her 70-year reign, her faith in Jesus Christ. That is what enabled her to exhibit stick to activity, to exhibit resilience. And who knows, there was plenty of tragic circumstances in her life that she had to deal with. We might touch on some of those shortly. But others who are probably in a position to say something authoritatively have also noted her deep, deep faith. Rowan Williams, Archbishop of Canterbury from 2002 to 2012, said this, I think that there has been less overt Christian messaging in the general cultural environment. The Queen has deliberately decided to fill the gap. Ian Bradley, author of God Save the Queen, The Spiritual Heart of the Monarchy, after her Christmas 2000 speech said this, This, in reference to her faith, truly makes her defender of the faith. Carl Truman, Professor of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College in Grove City, Pennsylvania, said this, a friend who once had the privilege of being a royal chaplain and spending a weekend at Balmoral Castle confirmed that the conversations he had with the Queen revealed her to be a thoughtful, devout Christian. As a humble Christian, she took her earthly vocation seriously. Placing the needs of the office, and of the people she ruled, before her own. What an example. And I wrote in the newsletter, perhaps more than anyone else in history, she was the very epitome of Christ-like service to others. Dudley Delves, who wrote a book published just a few years ago, which was titled The Faith of Queen Elizabeth said this, The faith of Queen Elizabeth shines with the luster of a lifetime serving others, refined by the fires of deep-seated struggles and polished by her humour and humility. Such an authentic faith could not be merely academic, political or social, but is undoubtedly personal, visceral and deeply intimate. We don't hear words like that spoken of her very often. You can buy this book in Coorong by the way, it's um, on the shelves there now. The last slide I have here, this is Archbishop Justin Welby who's the current Bishop of, of Canterbury. He made a presentation of a small cross, the Canterbury Cross, to the Queen in commemoration of her Platinum Jubilee. The citation on the cross read throughout her reign Her Majesty has duly upheld both the Christian religion and the Church of England in her roles as defender of the faith and supreme governor of the Church of England. And that was um, in June of this year, so not all that long ago. It seems to me that She was able to do as she did. And I saw her referred to in one of the newspapers, I think it was The Australian, yesterday, as Queen Elizabeth the Great. I don't know whether history books will refer to her using those words because we, we seem to have lost that kind of awe for royalty that we might have held at the beginning of her reign. But at least some editor somewhere thought, she should be referred to as Elizabeth the Great, and quite a number of people have written of this as another Elizabethan era. Because Elizabeth the First was fairly famous, and here we have Elizabeth the Second being referred to in somewhat similar way. My observation is this: those beautiful words that are so often spoken about the Queen in terms of her courage and her commitment to duty, her commitment to service, they can only be explained by her faith. If you think back on on her life, some of the tragedies that she experienced, remember when her uncle, some some say he was her favourite uncle, was was murdered by the IRA. The tragedy of losing her sister, her only sister, and her mother in the same year. The personal distress as she watched the marriages of three of her four children disintegrate, most of them in a very public way, More recently, of course, the apparent breakdown in relationship between one of her grandsons and the rest of the family. The criticism that the royal family came under and that the crown came under sustained over quite a long period of time the fire, that did great damage to Windsor Castle, cost 50 million pounds to repair. There was such a public outcry that after that, uh, the Queen actually agreed to pay income tax. Because prior prior to that, royalty were, were set apart. The wisdom and the courage that she needed to deal with the aftermath of World War II, she was a major force in the creation of what we now call the Commonwealth of Nations. I have read that she believed in the equality before God of all people, and for that reason, was actually opposed to the idea of empire. But what she wanted to do was to create Bonds among all of those nations that had at one time or other been colonies or protectorates of Great Britain. It's largely because of her that the Commonwealth of Nations is as it is today. That must have taken a lot of courage tenacity. The open desire by so many to remove her as Sovereign Head of State. And yet it is reported that on so many occasions Just by her presence, people changed their minds. She was a queen. In 1970, on a tour of Australia, she broke with the tradition of many hundreds of years and mingled with the crowd. It happened in Australia, guys. (laughs) She obviously loved Australia but I believe it was in 1970 on a tour of Australia. That's when she ditched that tradition and mingled with the crowds. I don't think you can do those kinds of things. If your motivation and if your sense of self-worth, if your courage, are somehow self-generated. I don't think you can live a life like that without the power of the Holy Spirit. When she was prayed over at a coronation in 1953 and they asked the Holy Spirit pretty certain the Holy Spirit heard. I'm pretty certain that she was somebody who responded to the Holy Spirit and that she was able to make it for over 70 years on the throne. Can you imagine the courage it must have required for her to receive the outgoing Prime Minister and the ingoing Prime Minister of Great Britain two days before she died. I I remember seeing the photos of her and I, I looked at her hands and I just thought to myself, she is a very ill woman. I don't know why I was drawn to her hands. But so committed was she to service that she undertook that role of the head of state almost literally on her deathbed. Nobody can sustain that through some kind of inner motivation or some kind of positive thinking or even support from others. (laughs) She did it because she had faith. Mm. I want to continue with this theme of stick to or resilience probably next week. I'll leave you with this thought. Resilience is normative in the Bible. But actually, we don't see a lot of it in the world today. But I want to explore with you next, next time we meet what the Bible has to say about resilience. And of course, the best role model of resilience ever was Jesus Christ. As I said, I think you'd have to go a long, long way through the history books to find another leader, perhaps another person anywhere in human history who has lived a life of Christ-like service as did Queen Elizabeth II. I don't know whether many people who write about her in the coming days and weeks will make the connection that we've made today. But I really don't believe that the words that have been written about her could have been written about her if it wasn't for her faith. We are not strong enough on our own to deal with everything that life throws at us. But with Christ, we have the strength to persevere.